everybody, Dave and Jeff. It is March 8th, 2021. Well, I tell you what, you walk in this garage and you never really know what to expect. And then tonight, the unexpected. I come in, been kind of one of those crazy days at work, and Dave goes, hey, look, I just got to let you know, I'd like to start the show tonight. I said, yeah, what are you thinking? He goes, I think I need to make amends with Padre fans <laughs> because I think I've been a real fucker on this show for the last couple of years and I would like to uh I'd like to mend a few fences and I said my god Dave I think that's a great idea so without further ado Dave the floor's yours dude I got nothing like you that son to of say. a bitch why would you, I fucking make it on what you chicken face motherfucker you chicken face motherfucker what do you say call me chicken face for uh, look Here's the deal. I saw, okay, so I'm, I'm busy as fuck, like the whole weekend, all right? <laughs> yeah. And I Wait, are you clearly saying you're not apologizing to Padre I, fans? I'm, I'm clearly saying it's not happening Shit. today. Oh, okay. Uh, not happening could today. Could happen Wednesday. It could happen. What the fuck's that? No. Nothing's going to happen on Wednesday. Shit. No, I'm not apologizing. I, I tried to peer pressure you into something. And then I just, I look at Twitter, and, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like, what did Bauer do? And then I... And I'm looking at your shit, how Bauer's <laughs> nervous. And then I, I look at the stat line. I'm like, wait a second. He pitched three innings and struck out three. What the? F- and he didn't up any earned runs. What the fuck did I miss? Oh, uh, well, what's funny is he came out and he, shakies. Listen, we're all, we're all Padre fans. Yeah. We all hate the Dodgers. Yeah. We're not and, sure where we are on Bauer. And nobody likes Bauer. Come on. Right. As, as Wood said to me this morning at five o'clock. If he wasn't wearing a uniform, you'd be ripping this guy. And I wrote him back. You're damn right I would. Yeah. But, but I, honestly, I said, you're you're my proof. I did say on the show, oh, I didn't want completely. the Dodgers to sign him. Completely. Dave's 100% right on that. And to Dave's credit, uh, one of the rare times I'll give you credit, you stuck to that the day they signed him. Yeah. You didn't backtrack and, and start jumping up and down. So, Dave, it's like anything. The, the analogy, or not the analogy, the example I would use is Woody Williams. Because he's the only guy that was ever candid that I remember talking about it. And I remember a show we had him on because Woody's spring training numbers always were like a 9 ERA. And I remember, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, look, it's a chance to try different things, right? Let me try the splitter, maybe a different hold on the curveball release point. He goes, this is the game to to." To goof around. I think that day he told us he threw nothing but change-ups. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and it's just one of those things where they're experimenting as a pitcher. He's working at the, on the field and how the batter reacts to it. Right. So Trevor Bauer is not treating that game like game seven. But as soon as I was cocked and loaded. Yeah. As soon as he threw ball one, this fucking guy looks really <laughs> shaky. <laughs> is that what that was? Yeah. And oh so my God. he got a couple of guys on. Yeah. And uh, you walk him or give up hits? Yeah, I think he walked a couple of guys. Hits. Okay. It's spring training. Yeah. I, come on. As much as you go, this guy, you want the guy to get crushed. And then slowly he settles in and just starts dropping, oh, <laughs> just starts dropping the hammer. And you go, wow. Because I love yeah. having those guys in the division. Because when you beat them, yeah, and at some point you'll beat them, yeah. it makes it much more exciting than beating Calvin Gosman. Or, or. Yeah, yeah, no, you're 100% right. A, a Padre win against the Giants, the Diamondbacks, Rockies, it's not the same as when you play the Dodgers 19 times. And if whenever you win games, 
it just feels like more. Not only does it feel like two wins, it feels like yeah. three wins. Right. Now, did you see did you see any part of I, this game? I saw highlights afterwards. I was so far I was 12 hours behind you. I was I was doing workouts with a baseball team. So this fucking maniac Bauer. Yeah. Now, if he's on the Padres, all of us are freaking out about this move, right? This is our guy. This asshole's pitching with one eye closed trying to challenge himself. And Mud and Don picked up. Could you up. tell that he was doing it? Yeah, Mud oh. and Don picked up. They're like, what's he doing? He's like Popeye out there. He looks like he's winking at everybody. He just was like one eye shut, <laughs> pitching. <laughs> now That's the craziest thing I've heard. Now, Agler and Gwyn. Yeah. I ha- now, Don and Mud are doing it from 10th Avenue downtown. Yeah. Jesse and Tony are there. Jesse and Tony are like, ah, we don't believe that. We would have seen it. No, they were showing it on Fox Sports San Diego. And and for me, Dave, I personally like guys that are wired a little different. I heard that and I go, this guy's... That's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. but it's spring trading. Fuck yeah. around. Have fun, man. Enjoy the game and do things to, to keep it interesting. For He doesn't give a shit. He's no. Thrown, but then he ended up pitching. What did he go? Three, three innings. Yeah. Yeah, three three scoreless Paddock innings, three strikeouts. Good. Yeah, Paddock did look good. Paddock looked good, and so uh, it was fun. What Dave and I were actually saying tonight is it is just so much fun to have baseball back. Watching Darvish yesterday was a lot of fun, but um, but I liked watching Bauer. I like yeah. watching because you go just like watching Snell or watching Darvish. These guys are the upper echelon starters in the game. Yeah, and the fact that we're going to see them, Dave, head to head a lot. Is exciting. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That's my favorite part about baseball here in Southern California is that you're going to have the Dodgers and Padres go at it 19 times, yeah. and it's going to mean something every fucking right. time. Every time it's going to be a big deal. Now, look, it's always been a big deal for Padre fans. Of course. But for this time, Dodger fans, you can't ignore what the Padres are doing. Yeah. And the Padres are relevant. And so you sit there, and, and you can see it on social media, the going back and forth. Yeah, I, I just think it's, it's awesome. I mean, I understand the Giants Dodger thing was supposed to be something, but San Francisco. When you're talking about you know an eight hour drive, yeah, dude, you can come down to San Diego in an afternoon. Oh yeah, I mean it's right there. So right there, it, it, it's it's so much better to me if this becomes the rivalry instead of the the Dodgers Giants. Yeah, and if the Giants get back in the mix in a couple of years as they're expected to do, and you have all three of them up and down, yeah. all three great places to watch games, all three. I mean, it might be an hour drive or two-hour drive to Dodger Stadium, depending on where you're at. But it's an hour and a half flight to San Francisco, and you get a weekend in the Bay and a couple of games at AT and T. I'd I'd be a little careful up there. Those fans are psychotic too. <laughs> but but I love it. It's yeah. a lot different than when we used to say, you know what, Dave? You think your fucking Dodgers want a piece of Tyson Ross? Good luck. Good fucking luck, buddy. Dude, isn't it crazy when someone puts out like opening day lineups from just a few years ago and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you sell yourself on it. It's who did I listen to today? Maybe it was Ken Rosenthal was saying it. How we really miss is going to spring training because everybody's in a good mood. Mm -hmm. Every time you go to any team, they're in a good mood because there's optimism. Nobody has lost a game. So there's no, no one's on edge wanting to fucking scream at you. Everyone's just in a good mood going, I got this guy, got this guy, got this guy. And maybe teams like the Pirates don't believe they're going to win the division. Right. But the Pirates are excited about the direction they're going at this point in their franchise. Yeah. What I like is you and I are watching Milwaukee and the Angels right now. 
from from earlier today. Yeah, I could tell with the sun being okay, out, I but I appreciate sure clarification. Like, what are these guys, dipshits? Um, but the thing that I like, Dave, is looking at these games. This is what spring training used to be before it became such a business. There were about 2,000 people there, and it wasn't that long ago yeah. when you and I, one of my first trips to Peoria, 95, 96, there weren't a whole lot of people out there. It wasn't as commercialized as it is now. And you could go and hang out. You could talk to the players. You could do whatever. You'd yeah. run into them around town. And so I like seeing that because you would imagine a year from now, it's back to full stands and full uh, – the, the grass is – covered again and then you're just like it's not really that one-on-one experience i would think anybody who's down there now is going holy shit what a great reintroduction to live sports you're right on top of the action couldn't agree more it's uh, for me a couple of reasons why i do like spring training especially in arizona one is i've had a chance to coach on all these fields like it's really cool that these kids get a chance to play there in the summertime yeah. when spring training is not going on. But I sit and I watch. Like I've been at the Cubs facility and the Padres and the Dodgers, and it's it, it's awesome the way yeah. that the kids get it. I've never had an opportunity like that as a kid okay. to get there. And those the way those fields are manicured, yeah. it is it is very cool. And you're seeing Ichiro on the backfields yesterday. Yeah, the bats. how about I'm that? Like, I've coached on that field a million times. It was the whole thing was was is cool to watch and and I enjoy it. But you're right. As far as baseball going again, I love it. I know San Diego fans love it. Uh, one of the conversations that we had last week, and people are, are kind of talking about this, why aren't more people talking about baseball instead outside of San Diego? Like San Diego, mm. I don't want to say is St. Louis is a baseball city, but the diehard Padre fans are diehard Padre fans. Yep. And my, my point was what just happened on television as we're sitting there talking is I said, well – the NFL, when you talk about stars, people that do commercials, you're thinking of Mahomes and you're thinking Aaron yeah. Rodgers are on TV all the time. NBA shitload of guys. We're watching the MLB channel. Who's mm-hmm. the one baseball player you see doing commercials? It's Johnny fucking Bench. Yeah. Blue Emu. Yeah, how about that? There's no one fucking that your kid is interested in that's doing national commercials right now. And you're sitting there going, what the hell? We saw Tatis for a little bit. And, yep. he, and I'm sure he's going to grow. But that's the only mm-hmm. way the sport's going to grow with the younger fan base is you got to get guys that wear the uniform today. These Johnny Bench commercials are a fucking joke. Yeah, big time. And I think we're spoiled here because... Well, we are spoiled for a bunch of reasons. But number one, having Tatis and then having Machado, too. I mean, those are two top ten players in the game. But then when you look at a guy like C.J. Abrams, who feels like he's getting closer every day. And, Dave, I don't know if you got to see. You forget how big he is. He's 6'3", too. God dang, he doesn't look that big to me, especially when he stands next to Tatis. But I watch him run those bases, and you go, man, that is a big kid that can run – and just has that look of a guy who is owning the moment, yeah. right? He's got a, little, got a little bit of that it factor. And you go, man, a couple of years when you have that, I look at the Twins because they're the other team I follow. And while the Twins are excited uh, about what's going on, I don't know that Byron Buxton has that much of a personality. Really fun player, can't hit for shit for average. <laughs> but goddamn, can Byron Buxton run? Yeah. And he's going to hit you 20 home runs. Now you've got Josh Donaldson coming out this year, right? You're going to hope, if you're a Twins fan, that he stays healthy. One of the most disliked guys in the game is Josh Donaldson. And then you have a bunch of other good players, um, but not a whole lot of personality. 
yeah. we're lucky in the fact that a lot of the guys that are on this team not only are very good players, but have personality as well. And that makes it exciting. And I think, Dave, unfortunately, probably a lot of teams are going through what this Padre team went through a few years ago when it was uh, Almanzar on that on that team or whoever else was playing, right? Khalil Green, where you go, well, fun player, but he, he just sits out there like he's yeah. at jury duty. <laughs> well, he also was never that guy, not even close to what Tatis is. We go arguably the best player in the game. Right, but, but fun. Green was, he was fun because he was wearing a Padre uniform. Yeah, and he, he made gave big you a, plays. He made big plays, and you go, okay. But, again, how many people across the country – New Khalil Green. None. None. Just, None. He, wasn't, he wasn't a guy people in Boston New York were talking no, about. No, not tuning in, staying up late to watch. Yeah. And now you have one of those teams. Now you look at the Angels. Poolholtz is at the end. You got Rendon. You got Trout. Pretty good. Otani. Otani. They paid is, a shitload of Upton. Fuck. God, Upton, right? And Joe Adele at some point, you hope, kind of hits his stride. Um, I don't know that I'm staying up late to watch Dylan Bundy, right? Yes. You go... They, but they don't really have much there, and that's the other thing for the Padres. Darvish is a name. Blake Snell is a name, if if nothing else, for what happened in Game 6. Yeah. Uh, and then you start going from there. So, yeah, I think I think the team that they have built not only is exciting for us, but if I was hanging out in, in Cleveland or Chicago and that team came on, fuck yeah, there's enough personalities where I'd want to watch it. i tell you, one of the things, you know, the excitement, of course, of Padre baseball is we talk about Pete Tyler. You can't give him enough credit because you look at teams like, as we're watching the Angels right now, and you mentioned all those big guys, they still didn't go after any pitching, like real pitching. Yeah. Alex Cobb doesn't count. No. You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't go after anything big. And so all these owners who say they lost – $100 million last year. A lot of people mm. were very afraid to jump into free agency and, and make moves and take on contracts. The Padres took on contracts, took on smart contracts, and, yeah. and at the same time, they said, look, we're, we're building. This is our, our time. I mean, if I'm Rendon, I understand you have a World Series ring already. Mm-hmm. I'm a little fucking pissed. If I'm Trout, and Trout's I'm made Trout. it clear he's pissed. Otani really can't say jack shit for the fact he hasn't produced. But yeah. but overall, if you're an Angel fan, most importantly, aren't you going, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. We have What's the vision? What what is the vision? According to MLB, the Angels have two guys on the top ten. They have Rendon and they have Trout. Yeah. And yet that team's not even favored to win their division. No. They're just uh And and so I, I you know, I mean, I'm not trying to direct towards Angel. What I'm saying is as a Padre fan, it's finally come in. I used to say all the time and People would get mad. I used to say, why would you continue to buy tickets? Stop supporting yeah. the team until they support you. Yeah. Well, fuck, man. They're doing their part. Yeah, and now you better buy tickets yeah. because no single-game tickets expected for 21, which, hey, man, I'm sorry I can't take my kids to the game, but for a lot of you that have been season ticket holders and went through some really tough times over the last five, six, seven, eight years, you fucking deserve to get first yeah. choice. And anybody with a full season or half season, you're expected to see all your games. They may have to move you around a little bit, right? But one way or the other, they're going to find a way to get you in the building. My sister and my brother-in-law have been season ticket holders for at least 10 years. They have seen a lot of bad baseball, and they are out there every night wearing their hat, supporting that team, having a blast, doing the do thing. Do they do all 81 games? I think they have a half season. Okay. The best my I think they have a half season. Still, that 
41 games of shit over the last couple of years. And if they're in on opening day, they goddamn deserve it. And for any of you that I, I look at anybody and I go, if you've been a season ticket holder since, well, before Tatis, but even if you jumped in on the Tatis Machado year uh, in 19, all right. But if you're one of those people that are out there, and I know there's a ton of you, where you go, man, I've been a season ticket holder since 15. I've been one since 08, whatever. Fuck, man, you deserve every opportunity to go out and see that team this year. I'll sacrifice it because I didn't make the commitment you guys made, and I have no problem with that at all. You guys all deserve it. I have a brother-in-law that's been a season ticket holder since they've been at Petco. And and honestly... (laughs) 04, right? Or 04. And he's literally goes to one game a year, goes to opening day, never goes back. What's he do? He hey. gives them away. It's a part of his business. Okay, but, but the, that's but fine. He fam- still puts out the money. He does. He puts out the money. And, and at the same time, he's like, there's never been a reason to go back. I mean, yeah. he's a Padre fan. He's just like. But he dude, writes that check. He writes. Oh, and he has good seats. I mean, he writes yeah. the check for a lot of, for four seats for yeah. all 81 games. Um. But now it's different. Now it's like he, the guy who's lived in San Diego his entire life, and he's like, dude, this is it. I mean, this is a, a good deal for us. He, you know, he's, he's excited. You know, he has grandsons, and he's ready to, to start getting them involved in Padre baseball. It's, it's awesome. It's pretty cool to see what's, what's going on with uh, the Padres and the excitement and, and what happens. As far as going to the games, our, our time's going to come where it's going to go back to normal. And I, I think – uh, people are going to get a chance to see exactly what is that fan base because you always see that Dodgers or, yeah. or Giants push in. I think those numbers start disappearing. I mean, not saying they're all gone. It's not like that in any stadium, but you're going to turn on the TV and go, man, I see more Padres than I see Dodgers. You're going to figure it out. And and I don't feel like – I feel like this happened after we were here on Wednesday night. What day did we find out that Stephen Paul became season ticket holders? I feel like that was Thursday or Friday. Yeah, it was something like that. <clears throat> so I talked to Steve – Steve Woods, and it was so cool because he and Paul went in on a half-season plan in really good seats in like 123, 122, 124, somewhere around there. And Dave, that, that both of those guys stepped up yeah. and, and wrote big checks to do that. It's up to them to tell you how much they paid. It's not my business to tell you. So they get four tickets or two tickets? They got two tickets, and they're going to split it up. Okay. But uh, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday is their plan, right? But really good seats. And I said, how much was it? Man, those dudes wrote checks, both of them, credit to them. But it was awesome because I said to Steve, it's so brilliant because he's just an everyday dude. Who you hear on the air is who he is. But now when you're down there too and you realize that's the guy from 97.3 and he's cool as shit and he's just having a beer and a dog and bullshitting or Paulie's down there having a beer and a dog with Megan and hooting and hollering and just, they're good people. And uh, and Steve said, I'm going to take Bo. I'm going to take Bo and me and Bo are going. He goes, now look, he goes, there are going to be some nights on a Friday night or or something where, where Bo can't go. He goes, Shit, man, I'll take you to a game. I'll take Pal... Well, fuck it. I'm not taking Pal A. <laughs> but I said, hey, man, you tell me what you need. Beer, lunch, whatever. You be hanging out one day. We'll go. But, oh, that's awesome. But those guys made made the commitment. Why like, did they phase Ben out? Fucking Ben. This guy from Torrey Pines sitting up there eating caviar in the box. 
that guy, goddamn dude, Ben said about three things over the last two weeks that just laid me out. Really, really funny. Shit, I'm not telling Ben how to spend his money. Ben just decided not to go in. But but Paul and Steve are all in. So oh, good on him. Yeah, that, awesome. That's great. That's a good deal for those guys. I'm laughing because I heard uh, I heard Steve say today that fantasy camp's coming back next year. Oh. And him and Paul are ready to go back. They're back in? Yeah. And then they both pulled this. I'm going to be in the greatest shape of my life. <laughs> They're going. It's our boys, man. Fucking love those guys. But yeah. Yes, Paul, my swing is going to be dialed in. Yes, it is. <laughs> Dude, they aren't offering you a contract. You do whatever you want. Get in there, Polly. It's it's the uh, it's the memories, Dave. It's the memories of what those two maniacs are going to make. But yeah, I'm stoked for those That's guys. Good for them, honestly. Good, right. Good for them. So great. And they're gonna. Let's hope, man. Let's hope. I, Dave, I what cracked me up yesterday is I'm at lunch with my sons, and uh, we're downtown, and they've got the game on. And we're sitting outside watching the game on TV. And I said to my kids, I go, God damn, you forget how much fun this is to just be at a local restaurant, having lunch, watching the ball game. And I cracked up because I took such great pride in fucking with you about you, Darvish. Hey, fuck you. Why you? Dude, no shit. All day. Since 2017, you've been killing me. And when my buddy Connor told me, he goes, Darvish is coming here. I said, wash your mouth out with soap. Get out of here. <laughs> God damn, is that guy fun to watch? I think he's the best pitcher on the staff. He is. He found it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's Honestly, I think his last, the 60 games with the Cubs last year and then the two months prior, the year before. Yeah. My buddy I, Connor is a Cubs fan. Yeah. said, watches every game and I, Padre fan. I think he's all star game, all star game, uh, whatever that would have been, twenty nineteen. Yes. Yeah, all star game twenty nineteen. Honestly, God, I think he's playing his best baseball right now. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, and and having Caratini yeah. behind the plate and that combination, and for Preller and the Padres to make that deal. But I'm watching him yesterday. I go, God damn, this is the funniest thing. I Dave, I was convinced he was done when he was with the Dodgers, <laughs> and I love making. He wasn't bad with the Dodgers. No, he, he just really had wasn't. a bad World Series. Yeah, well, they're yeah, they're banging on that fucking can. But he, and, honestly, God, he didn't play bad for the Dodgers. But boy, and and with respect to Darvish, but Caratini, like, there's that combination, yeah. and you get it. There, from a pitcher standpoint, having that, I thought Mud and Orsilla were great yesterday, talking about having a personal catcher and yeah. the benefit that that comes. And Mud goes, well, "Shit, I never had a personal catcher. I wasn't good enough." But he goes, "It just." It yeah. gives you one less thing to think about. Absolutely. And and that was one of the biggest problems with Mejia. Yeah. That these guys could not get on no. the same page with Mejia. Now, to Hedges, a lot of those guys could. They said, yeah, he's easy to pitch to. But it's just, I mean, I think you look at Caratini for, for Darvish, but I would think, Dave, for Paddock, yeah. for if uh, Gore comes up or some of these yeah. younger guys. I mean, taking nothing away from Nola, but I I think you finally have a one-two combination there that they haven't had in a long, long time. Think about it. How And people would say, you're going to waste a roster spot on an individual catcher. Look, the, the Braves used to do it, but let me break it down for you this way. If you figure out what the Padres' payroll is, mm-hmm. and you figure out how much you're going to pay for a win, okay? Yeah. And so, according to Vegas, they're supposed to win like 98 games. Yeah. Okay. Dude, so if you look at it, you're paying about $2.5 million a win. Yeah. It's worth it to have that guy on the team. Well, 
Uh, that brings up another point. Now, I have no axe to grind with Kevin Acey. I know you don't either. No, I don't. Guys pound him on Twitter. I have no thing to grow with him. That is weird how they go after certain guys. Yeah. But, but Kevin said something today that I think he would like to have back. <clears throat> Hartman, I had Hartman on today, and he was talking to Ernie. And I thought it was an interesting point. If other shows have made it, so be it. I just heard it from Steve first. He said, it's pretty much a given. We're not going to have the universal DH. And while there is excitement all around baseball for what the Padres have done, Jace Tingler has never managed a National League game. He has never had to deal with the pressure of the pitcher's spot. And the one thing that I didn't hear Steve mention is, while the strategy of double switches always comes in, it's also the fact that the relief pitcher has to face three hitters. Yeah. So they bring on AC. Yeah. And first, Kevin slept through his first hit at <laughs> 7. And they get him at 7.30. And Steve poses a question. How much should that be a watch point? Yeah. That Jay Stingler has not managed in the na- National League. And Kevin said, well, let's say he's the absolute worst at it in the game, which he won't be. He's a smart baseball guy. But if he's the absolute worst in it, what's it going to cost him? Three games? Five games? It's not going to be that big a deal. I go, five fucking games? They by your number, that goes... Well, that's huge. 95 to 90. And when there's only five teams yeah. making the playoffs, that could be the difference. Yeah. I know what Kevin's point was, that they are not worried about it, that they feel like all the minds on that bench will handle it. But it's, I was well, like... I'm, it's funny you say that. I just looked this up. So Bobby Dickerson is an American, American League, League guy, guy with the Orioles. And then you have Skip Schumacher. But he had been here. I mean, he Skip has. was here with Andy yeah. Green. But, but but Skip has never been a, a bench nope. coach or a manager in the in a National League but game. But he's out. kind of that guy now, the analytics guy, right? Yeah. Okay. But when you're you're sitting there looking down the line kind of guy. Now, look, I, I don't know how things are set up anymore. I, we know they used to be set up because we have friends that are managers currently in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Who tell us when you go down that tunnel that you see players go down all the time, there are three guys on computers telling you who to warm up, when to warm up, and get, who to get ready to hit. That, yeah, that, that, but I don't know. Can they do that anymore that's what after I'm saying. the whole Astro I, I thing? Think, I think that's all gone. And especially with COVID, that, yeah. That might be gone now. But that's the way people always go, why is this manager this, this? I go, dude, it's all mapped out for them. When they yeah. walk in their office, they don't sit there and go, i got to figure out the lineup. It, it's printed out and on their desk, ready to go. The computer tells you who's playing that day. But isn't Blake Snell the perfect example that sometimes you got to play your heart? You can't play the, the in that, card? In that game, yeah. It's funny. I wanted to bring that up to you about the Blake Snell thing because – Blake Snell has shown since 2018 that after pitch 50, things go to shit. So 50. weird. And, weird. and that he... Ha- That's he- two innings for Paddock <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> and then he ha- he hasn't done well after inning five since midsummer 2019. Yeah. After inning five. But in that World Series game, he was rolling. Yeah. It was, it was an exception of the rule. So, but that that's Blake Snell. Anyway, yeah, it is interesting. This is the move, honest to God, I would pull. I'm surprised Major League Baseball hasn't said there's a rule against it. If we're facing, let's say, you know, it's the Padres against the Dodgers, and you got mm-hmm. a righty, and the Dodgers have coming up, they got, you know, Seager, Bellinger, Muncie, whatever, mm-hmm. and you got a righty on the mound, and he has to face, you know, three guys. Yeah. And you go, you go, fuck it, fake an injury, fake it. Go, fuck, my arm's fucking bothering me. Well, or I strained my back. 
Fucking, then you can bring in anybody you fucking want. Yeah, but how many times are you going to get away with that? Well, dude, that's a big game. It's a big shot. It's a big shot. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody's did it last year, but I'm like, if I'm managing, I'm saying, dude, here's the sign. I'm going to touch my fucking bill on my hat. You know what? And you're going to fucking fake your, your, but you tweaked your back. You're that, you're that fucking guy from the Astros. You're Jeff Lou now. And oh, now you're out of the game for oh, a year. You don't think they're unwritten rules? Come on, guys <laughs> are doing shit all the time. Dude, as soon as they figured out, because somebody would rat you out. Uh, Dave sat down there and touched his hat, and then my spleen was supposed to rupture. <laughs> you just, dude, I tweaked it. Yeah, Mike Fires is going to sell you out, and then yeah. you're out of the game. I got a blister. I don't see it. It's there. Yeah. yeah. You're down there calling people last call at the Coronado Ferry. You're fucking out of the game, kid. <laughs> Like you're always, you, you should apologize. You're always That's, looking. Why don't you? Why can't you just beat a guy by beating him with your guy? Why do you always have to cheat? I don't think it's a. That's not cheating. It is cheating. It is not. You're going against the integrity you of the still game. Still got to hit the fuck. fucking ball. <laughs> the integrity of the game. You fuck, dude. I'm watching the spring training game last week. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's fucking the Royals against the Dodgers and Salvador Perez, Gold Glove catcher. Yeah, I love him. They're like fucking 20 people in the stands. You can hear right through the microphone the <laughs> yeah. Dodgers have. Everybody you know what going, I'm going to say? No, I haven't seen it, but I love, I know, it's, the, I have an idea where it's going. So there's a pop fly right behind home plate, and he fucking <laughs> drops it. And all you hear is some guy yell, take your boxing glove off, asshole. <laughs> Clear as day, dude, right through the mic. And <laughs> I per- could never manage <laughs> in the big league. <laughs> Perez, I would be dying. Perez like looks right at the guy because there's like 20 people there. <laughs> And Rick Money's like, I'm sure everyone at home heard what happened right through our oh, microphone. Oh, no. Oh, it went right through, dude. We heard it, Rick. Take your boxing glove off, asshole. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, I was going to mention something. Oh, shit. What was I going to tell you about Perez? I don't know. I can't think of what your point was. Uh, no, my point was you fake an injury just, just to win the battle. You don't want to get stuck in case you mismanage. God, I, uh, I like it. I just... Uh, I, I like that part, though. I thought it was a good part or a good point that Steve brought up. And then Ernie had some bullshit answer, and Steve told him, just shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth, Ernie. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Dude. It's uh, I tell you what, a couple things. It's funny. As we're talking around, did you hear the computer ding right there? Okay. That was, uh, that was the Toronto Blue Jays checking to see what's going on in talent in San Diego. Really? Right there. But guess who my first call was this year? I always talk, talk to all 30 teams around this time of year about, hey, who's in San Diego I need to watch? Oh, uh, I'm going to say it's the Padres today. You're damn right. Good. Dude, it never has been in the past. Good. In the past, it seems like I talk to 29 teams before I get to the Padres. Yeah. And it always frustrates me. I'm like, dude, it's your backyard. This, yeah. is, a, this is a hotbed for talent. And sure enough, man, the first call I got was from the Padres going, hey, you still running things at Benita. Nice. Who's uh, who else at, besides Benita? Who have you seen that we need to pay attention to as I the like draft it. approaches? Good. Me too. Yeah. I didn't tell the guy, dude. It's about time you guys fucking called first. Yeah. But but honest to God, it was great. Well, you're not going to need it, so I'm going to give you a list of things from their promotional calendar that yeah. we like sent over as fucking payoff for that. You mentioned the Padres. I have a very strange question that we go. I don't know. Certain things catch my eye, right? So today I'm reading the paper. By the way, by the way, as much as we make fun of the Union Tribune, I don't know if anybody realizes, a few people mentioned it. You may have seen it on social media. Dave, today is the 50th anniversary of the first Muhammad Ali-Joe Frazier fight. On the front page of the Union Tribune today, I cannot recommend enough. 
There's an article about that fight written by Bill Dwyer. Bill Dwyer is the longtime sports editor at the LA Times and a columnist for a while. He writes, looking back at this fight, there are so many goddamn hidden one-liners in this thing, and it's awesome. He talks to Bob Arum. He talks to Tim Ryan, tells all these different stories about what went into that fight, but fantastic story and kudos to Jay and the, and the staff at the UT Bryce Miller and the whole team over there, Nick for putting that on the front page. It is such a good read. Dave, you would love it for anybody. It takes you into the history of Ali Frazier and interviews a bunch of people that were there. It's just awesome. But this was what caught my eye reading some of the recaps from Peoria. It said uh, in attendance at yesterday's game, were Padres owner Pete Seidler and CEO Eric Krupner. Okay? And I look at that, and I don't know why, just because I'm jacked up in the head. But I go, Dave, I travel for work. You travel. If you're Grupner and Pete Seidler says to you, hey, let's cut down, let's go down and see the team. Let's go down to Peoria and see it. First thing I think of is, how did they get down there? They're not goddamn flying PSA. They gotta go private plane. They're, you're going private plane. Yeah. So if you're Eric, who played high school football for my uncle? Yeah, this fucking guy. You're you're like you're the CEO of the Pods, but you're flying to spring training. You're private plane. That's living a pretty good life for a kid from Minneapolis, right? Yep. Yeah, dude, the way it goes, right? No, I got it. Yeah, but you go, dude. That's a pretty cool perk. Have you? Okay, here's a crazy question have you yeah. ever been on a private plane i've never been dude I, I haven't either i got a bunch of friends that fly private planes but i've really? ne- never never been on a one no i've never and been then, on one. I mean, you and i we don't i'm not gonna drop names on the show but you and i have mutual friends that only oh, yeah. fly private planes yeah yeah they don't own their plane but they go through like that wheels up company it's unbelievable yeah well two things happened to me today where it started feeling like life is getting you, back to you normal. Know what? You and I do have a friend that fucking owns their own plane. <laughs> Who owns it? Who owns their own plane and they like travel a really good friend. Yeah. Who travels like to Europe and but I don't South know, Carolina. I know exactly who you mean. He doesn't fucking own it. Members of his extended family own it. He just gravy trains it. Whatever, man. When he has to fly, he's getting on his own plane. I, you keep saying his own plane. Whatever. He's not Floyd Mayweather. If he's on that plane, okay. He, he's Drew Bundini Brown. He's just showing up to, and he, right? He probably has to tell his wife, hey, I need the plane to go to South Carolina. He's not saying that at all. What what she's saying is, hey, wheels up at one. You be out there at 11 to make sure there's plenty of Schweppes ginger ale on board. <laughs> Because you know what the big man wants on ice. And he's out there unloading luggage. Yeah, you know he's getting on that plane all sweaty because they've been making him load the golf clubs. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's not. Listen, Dave. He's not the guy picking the menu up. And he <laughs> he's knows not it. picking the menu up. He's still on the inside of the plane. Respect. Nothing but it. Living the life. But you're talking like this guy is Wayne Newton. I'm just saying, I don't know anyone else whose family owns their own plane. He's our guy. I, completely. We've never been invited <laughs> no. to North Dakota for the hunting trip with the three golden retrievers. I think they fly like to Europe and shit on that thing. 
Oh, yeah, right? So how about this shit? I had two things happen to me today that made me laugh and made me feel like we're finally getting back. We're all looking for things to be signs that life might be returning to normal. First thing that happened was I got a goddamn jury summons in the mail today. Really? Yeah. Jury duty? Yeah. Fuck. Ex-wife's been working from home for 18 months. She's not doing any jury trials. So I said to her, look, I'm going to write on the back of this thing. My ex-wife's a public defender, and it's impossible for me to walk into this hearing unbiased. She goes, go ahead. They're not going to dismiss it. And she goes, they're probably going to figure out it's me. And see, I talk to you every day, and they're going to know you're a bullshit artist. She goes, go ahead. But here's the second thing that happened is the funniest thing ever, and it made me laugh. So at my job, one of the things that we did, and I did it a lot in 2018 and a lot in 2019, is we travel. We travel for trade shows. Well, we got shut down last year in 20. I talked about it a lot. I went to Colorado Springs. But slowly now, our industry, there are some shows that are starting to come back. Our company, because I love them, are very protective, and we have a a no-travel policy. A co-worker of mine, who I've been on the road with, and we've had an insanely fun time, drops an email today. He goes, hey, listen, there's a show coming up, end of the summer, in one of our favorite cities. He goes, you've had COVID, I've had COVID. He goes, we both survived. He goes, I'm making a pitch tomorrow to send us. Our antibodies are great. Yes. I know we're on a no-travel policy, but what the fuck? You want to ride shotgun? I'm like, I'm fucking in. Let's go. I just was die laughing that we're going to use the fact yeah. that we survived COVID to our benefit. Yes. To go back on the road. It'll just be the two of us. Because he's like, yeah, we can't take in any other guys. We're a risk. But you and I, we survived yeah. it. We came through on the other end. I'm like, I'm fucking in. It's the funniest shit I've ever heard. Our it man- makes sense, though. Our management team, our upper management team is so no. Be- no, he hasn't made the pitch Dude, yet. Why not? You guys are protected. We're, we should be. Yeah. But our upper management team is going to be like, get you two idiots the hell out of here. But I don't know. I was so fired up for a couple hours. I was like, shit, I might be back. Every guy on my on our staff, yeah. there's about 10 of us that do a bunch of these shows. We say the same thing no matter where we get. Colorado, Chicago, Toronto, Montreal, no matter where we go. We got to get the fuck off the road. These, <laughs> these shows are a grind. Every guy that has walked by, I go, man, remember about two years ago we were in Montreal? Damn, I missed the road. <laughs> Everybody wants to go. If you have the chance to travel, you want to go. You want to go see your buddies and see new places, get back to normal. So, yeah, we'll see. But I just love the fact that we're going to try to use COVID to our benefit and try to sell wink, wink, that we're a benefit to the company. Send us back on the road. I'll let you know. Dude, if I was your boss, I would do it. I would say it's safe. Time to go. Yeah. I, I would do it. I, now, okay, have you been offered the shot yet? Or any of the shots? Uh no, I haven't. I like that people, um, where was I? Was that Rite Aid or something? And somebody was like, hey, you can come in and get the shot here. I'm like, oh, you guys just have an open door policy? Like, no. Like, well, I'm not goddamn 65. Hot thing. <laughs> what are we doing here? Kind of bold. No, I haven't yet. 
Okay, so here's the deal. I was offered the shot twice in the last week. Because you're coaching? Coaching, yes. The school district wants me to get it. All right. Also, Kaiser said, hey, come on in. For why? How'd you get one from them? Hell if I know. Shit, they send me these goddamn emails all the time. Maybe you should check. I can't figure out what my goddamn login is. (laughs) So I'm just like, get the hell out of here. God damn it. They're like, Jeff, we have a shot for you. Why haven't you got? I don't. Okay, I've been told, you and I, we both got it at the same time, basically. Yeah. That we, we when you tried to murder me, <laughs> you son of a bitch. That we can't get it f- until like May because of oh, uh, is that right? Yeah, that there's we have to wait. That's what I was saying. It's okay for you to travel right now. No, this wouldn't be until like July or August. Oh fuck, you'll have the shot by then. Yeah, be fine. Yeah, you got forget your fucking login. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not the guy who makes the call, dude. I, if you use your fucking phone like we talked about last week, you put your goddamn no- your code in there. Yeah. I, uh, I'm happy to go. I just know that we have reasonable thinkers that sit in the, in the upstairs office. Now, luckily me and this other maniac are on great terms in the company. So hopefully, I don't know, maybe we'll get a chance to roll. I would love it. I'd love to be back out on the road. I was supposed to be, look, I miss Toronto. Yeah. Cause it's, it really is. It's such a great place. And Dave, it's not just because of Toronto or hot chicks in Toronto it's because at these shows, 25 of the people that I deal with every day from all parts of North America and Canada are there in one room. Yeah. And it's like a class reunion. And we absolutely just bust balls for four days. We laugh our ass off. We go to dinners, right? And have a beer, just relax and bullshit. And it's great. I miss my buddies. We, haven't, we didn't get a chance to do that. It's a great chance for everybody to reconnect. And then you, you, I always hang for a couple extra days, and uh, somebody real close lives there, and, and we fuck around for a couple yeah. of days and have some laughs. And I haven't been able to do that for, for 15 months. So, yeah, I, I'd love to get back on the road. And, and last year, I was supposed to do like 10 shows. So, yeah, if they bring that back, I, I'm all in. I'm not, Sweet. Yeah, yeah. I don't live my life scared, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here's a question. Yep. Last week, you were saying, hey, you had the opportunity to get King season tickets. I, I cannot tell you how excited I am. Are you, did you do it? I 100% pulled the trigger. I'm shocked. I didn't think you'd do it. And not only did I pull the trigger, but- I turned a fucking sound bar. I figured there's no way in hell he's getting the season tickets. That fucking sound bar was a joke. Goddamn joke. Like watching early uh, kung fu movies. <laughs> Nothing was in sync. But yes, I I- I don't know why. This is one of the things. And, and circling back to what Stephen Paul did kind of made me think of it. When I called Steve, I said, am I crazy? Or as a sports fan, is there always something cool about the idea of being a season ticket holder? You were a season yeah. ticket holder for Vanderbilt and the Raiders, yes. right? Did either one? Let me start with Vanderbilt. <laughs> the no. Vanderbilt sucked. They lost every game. I got it. I've said this a bunch of times. I loved it. I was like 13 years old. Me and Ken Kramer from about San Diego, a guy named Mike Russo, who was a longtime news reporter at KFMB and KSDO, and there was a fourth person, I can't think of who it was, but the four of us were Aztec football season ticket holders, and our seats, ironically, were in one of the final sections still standing if you drive the 15th. And one of the coolest things about that was getting the big manila envelope from San Diego State. Dear Jeff, welcome to the family. 
and it had my whole strip of tickets. Yeah. And I just thought that was the coolest thing cool. in the world. That is cool. And they did all kinds of fun things for us, right? There'd be parties and all these different events. And we did it for one year, and then everybody kind of, I think Ken's still a season ticket holder, but Mike and I kind of checked out. And I've never been a season ticket holder since. So I'm going to ask you a couple of things. Okay. When you were a Vanderbilt season ticket holder, were there any, not just parking or discount on merchandise, but did they do anything fun for you? Nah, dude, I don't remember shit. I'll be honest with you, I don't remember anything. Again, I was 13, so I'd be like dropped off at the stadium. Jack and Cade are 13. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what is coming up. What about when you were a Raiders season ticket holder? Did that you get was the, cool. Did you get the tickets in the strip? Yes, they give you the tickets in the strip. They like would invite you down to a practice. At, remember they used to practice at like a middle school? Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, like uh, El Segundo? Yeah. Yeah. And they, they took care of you then. Okay. Yeah, and they, they took care of you. That was a lot of fun. And that's when the Raiders had a shitload of stars, Bo Jacks and Marcus Allen. They didn't yeah. win. It was it was three years after they won the Super Bowl. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. So right about like we that. We have Jay Schrader. But was, still fun. Yeah. Oh, it was cool. I, you and I are Raider fans, yeah. and it's just you're always a Raider fan. It's in your blood. So uh I've been a Kings fan forever. And my sons are year seven years ago, ironically, when you and I were doing the Fox National Show, yeah, I signed my kids up for Play Like a King. And for 125 bucks, the Kings outfitted them head to toe, helmet, skate, stick, gloves, the whole thing. That's a great deal. And gave them 10 lessons to play hockey. So they played scrimmages and games, the whole thing. And they still have their 23 Dustin Brown jerseys. Yeah. So we go to two or three games a year. And cheer on the Kings. The Kings Day, very similar as we talked about last week to the Padres, have been building up an insane amount of young talent, but this talent is in the minors, and it's been a little rough at the, at the NHL level. Well, now, they, similar to the Padres, are getting salary cap flexibility. A lot of big contracts are coming off the books, and they have done an amazing job building up their farm system to the point that it was recently voted number one in the NHL. I've said this a lot, and I'll continue to say it. The Kings last year with the number two pick in the draft uh, drafted a kid named Quentin Byfield. Quentin Byfield, 18 years old. I think he's 6'4", 220, plays center. Highest drafted African-American player in the history of the National Hockey League from everybody in my company that has dealt with him. Not only is he an insane talent, but just an amazing young man, humble and polite. And it's my belief he's going to own L.A. in a couple of years. He's going to introduce the NHL to a whole new group of fans while just embracing the already hardcore Kings fans that are in place. So for me, uh, Alex Turcott coming in, Gabe Velarde coming in, and a few other guys that are coming in, it felt like a really good time. So I got this email from the Kings, and they said, hey, we'd like to have you as a season ticket holder. So we went back and forth. We talked about a bunch of different things. And I ended up buying a 10-game package. So all of our games are on the weekend. We're, we're up in the upper, but we looked down. We, we would probably be like right in the corner of the end zone. So you've got an unobstructed view, the whole ice. It looks great. By buying those 10, they then gave us an additional four seats in the lower bowl. So it's just me, Jack, and Cade, but then one night we can take their mom to a game, and we're going to sit in the high 
class seats. Ton of perks that came with it, including a Meet the Kings night where Jack Cade had the chance to go out and meet players as just a season ticket event, shake hands, get pictures, the whole thing. But you said you were 13 at Vanderbilt. Yeah. You don't remember anything. They next year. I don't we, remember what we got. For, no. I don't think we got jack shit, but I loved going. You love going. Yeah. They're going to go to the games. The other thing that the Kings set up for us is that at the start of the year, we're all going to be part of the, the group that goes down and paints the ice. That's that's crazy. So when they paint the logo and they paint the the crease blue and painting all the red lines, the the ice crew leads everybody. Yeah. And then the season ticket holders come out and we all get the chance to be a part of it and we get to paint the ice. I like it. That's and, pretty good. And all I know is that when we sit there for those 10 games, we can point and go, look, that's where Cade went outside the lines and there's that big <laughs> random red line. Um, I think there's a chance to skate on the ice. There's a chance yeah. to do all kinds of things. And I said to him, with Byfield coming in next year, Turcotte, uh, Velarde, and the rest, timing-wise, it's very similar to me to when Machado and Tatis, when my sons were there for opening day in 2019. This next year will be the first time that this whole new group all plays together. We won't be there on opening night, but we have the chance to get playoff tickets if the Kings are that team. And they did a VIP entrance. You know that, uh, you know Staples Center. There's that separate ans- entrance right to the right of uh, Team LA store Yeah, that's all roped off. That's where we go in every night. Cool. And so it's just a bunch of different fun things. And we pay it off now, and then the season starts in October, so we're not messing with anything, and and we're good to go. Have the kids already started talking about, like we said last week, the jersey numbers and stuff and who they're getting? Who this, I, who I loved guys? it. Actually, I loved it because I'm so impulsive. I would have guessed already, right? I would have gone, like I said, Ali Mata. No, I'm doing Ali Mata. God damn it. No, what they're going to do is uh, they said they're going to go out. And we'll probably go to our first game, hang out, see who strikes him as their favorite player, and then for game two, we'll get it done then. Oh, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I, I just I'm excited, Dave. We and listen, I love San Diego State, but when they announced the Aztec football uh, schedule, you seen game like Fulham, <laughs> what? Samford, not Stanford. Samford, not Stanford, Samford. Yeah. And not Samford and Son. I was like, if I tried to drag these two idiots out to those games, they'd be like, what the hell are we doing? Yeah, they'd hate football. Yeah, and the great thing is with the NHL, the way it is now, I don't know if we see the Sharks or the Ducks. We may see the Florida Panthers. We may. Who gives a shit? Yeah. There's talent on every team. So whatever, but it's weekends and you get the promotional um, items from those nights. So... Good. Yeah, we're really excited, and they're excited too. Good deal. Did you see? Um, you asked me about it's when's this on last week? Did I want to know if you watch it? Did you watch the inside of the NBA? So I watched the first. TNT did a terrible job, I believe, of letting us know how it was going to run because, well, and maybe it's TNT and maybe it's Spectrum because I'm gone all the time. So I was trying to find a way to set it up on either YouTube TV or through Spectrum to record it, and it was only showing you one episode at a time. So Ernie Johnson, 
I watched the first night. Yeah, they did four different nights in a row. Four nights in a row. I didn't get a chance to see uh, Kenny Smith. Okay. I went and tried to record Barkley. I couldn't find any way to record Barkley, but I was able to record Shaq. So okay. Shaq one's great, too. They yeah. all were great. I liked them all, but Shaq was my favorite one. I, I, Kenny Smith, as much as I like him, that was probably fourth out of four, but I wanted to see Barkley, and Shaq's on uh, wherever the fuck yeah. I recorded it, YouTube or, or the DVR. So I'll watch that one. But I thought the Ernie Johnson one was great. It was great. I, I thought they did a good job. I, I thought overall it was they did a they did a good job. And the show is extremely popular. There's a shitload of guys on there, like Dan Patrick talking yeah, about it and Bob really Costas good. and guys who are saying this is the best show on TV. So you know, good. and it's it it is Shaq is is so damn dumb and How funny. How about when he yells at I'm not talking to you, stupid? <laughs> I don't want to ruin the Shaq one for you since you since you watch it, but almost all of them. There's a part in there where you'll start tearing up. Yeah, like they're, they're on every guy. Yeah, and you realize Ernie Johnson's about as good of a guy as you're gonna. The meet, coolest, you know? right? I mean, just a super cool dude. Um, but yeah, it, it's really really. How about when he's good. calling judo at the Goodwill Games? They fucked him into calling judo. <laughs> he's all excited. Hey, I went there thinking I was going to be the host, and then I wasn't. <laughs> These two guys at their weight class, you're like, God damn, Ernie, you don't know shit about judo. <laughs> they fuck you, kid. Larry King sitting there at yeah. the desk. Dude, it, w- it was good. Though. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I don't know if you're, even if you aren't a basketball fan, I oh. think they do a fantastic job of, of putting that show together. It is uh, a ton of work that goes into it, but it's interesting. It's interesting to see that Barkley said, I was going to do this for three years, get out, and I've been here 19 years. Uh, we almost missed a huge story. I think this is a huge story, and I can give you a lot of background on it. Uh, credit to Mark Ziegler, who reported yesterday in the Union Tribune. And Dave, I know you've been running around, so maybe you saw this story you didn't. Richard Pitino is expected to be fired any day as the head coach at the University of Minnesota basketball. And the number one candidate to replace him is Brian Dutcher. And good. Mark Ziegler... I'm a good for Dutch. Yeah, Mark Ziegler wrote something really interesting that said the buyout for any team in college basketball to San Diego State to get Brian Dutcher is just under $7 million, except for the University of Minnesota, where it's $1 million. Wow. So I thought Ziegler was so good today with Quintera breaking down a lot of things about Minnesota basketball. Because as a kid, I grew up, and we knew, right? We knew that we weren't Indiana. That was who Bob Knight was at that time. Indiana was the program to beat. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, Purdue, they were all... Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, but I'm talking, Dave, when I was young, really as a kid. It was all about Indiana, and it was all about Bob Knight. But... My uncles were Gophers season ticket holders, alumni, and you would go out to Williams Arena, and it was a show. And Mark Ziegler said that a couple years ago when the Final Four was in Minneapolis, he said, I had a chance to sneak in to Williams Arena. And he said, that is right up there with Cameron, Pauley Pavilion, uh, the Fieldhouse, and a bunch of other historic buildings. He said, man, as a Hoops fan, it gave me chills being in that building. Um, The first coach that I remember was Bill Musselman, and I had to be six or seven. But what Bill Musselman did for Gophers basketball is every guy on that team, and I remember it with Kevin McHale, 
Michael Thompson, Flip Saunders, they all went to center court and they turned on sweet Georgia Brown and the college team did the entire Globetrotters routine. I'm telling you, I don't know how no other team does that. It was the coolest thing and the crowd went crazy. It fired up the kids and they were ready to go. Bill Musselman got run out of there because there was a huge fucking around with the Harlem Globetrotters routine. Because <laughs> there was a huge fight. The Gophers were involved in a huge fight with Ohio State and it cost Bill Musselman his job. If my timeline as a kid is correct, the next guy in was Jim Dutcher. And Jim came in and did a really good job, won the Big Ten championship. And who was there hanging out but his son, Brian, who graduated from Bloomington Jefferson. And if you read Mark's piece, which I thought was excellent, it laid it out. Now, ironically, it said Eric Musselman is in the mix that could go back there, but he's at Arkansas. He hasn't been there long. I don't know that he, Dave, we talked to him a thousand times. I mean, that would be going home for him, but I don't know if he leaves Arkansas right now. They talked about Ryan Saunders. Come on, give me a fucking break, right? I think Brian is the guy. I got a message from a buddy tonight who said, man, I just heard Brian Dutcher talking about the gopher job. And he goes, it sounds to me like he's gone because his wife's from there. He can go back, Big Ten, the whole that, deal. That's the biggest thing right there. It's the Big Ten. It's a Big it's Ten. It's going right, home. Right now, also, it, it is the – I mean, look, college basketball to me is it, such a disappointment. I used to be such yeah. a huge fan. I just don't like, care for the sport as much as I used to just because guys are out so fast, and it's not like old college basketball for me. But, man, when you look at the Big Ten and you look what Jawan Howard's done at Michigan and yeah. you look at Izzo at Michigan State and you look mm-hmm. at Ohio State – and you're going, this is the conference. I mean, yeah. the, it, forget the ACC right now. I mean, fuck, Duke's not even going to make the tournament. Yeah. And you go, this is the place where you go to compete. The best of the best right now are in the Big Ten. And I understand that the national champion might not come out of there. But when you look at balance and power, San Diego State's had another tremendous year. Huge. They aren't getting any respect because they don't play anybody. And they play late and there's, yeah. I, mean, I mean. Their opponents are horseshit. They've had yeah. the weakest fucking schedule. Just like last year when I told you I thought they were going to go undefeated. Yeah. It's not the same. And if you're Dutch, you're like, dude, I've proven I can dominate in this conference. He's dominated. He's recruited. Yep. Now, this is the wild thing, Dave. And listen, I was very, very open in saying that I didn't think uh, it was a good idea that when Fish retired, that they just handed the keys over without doing an open search. God, I couldn't be more thrilled to tell you how wrong I was one of the million times I've been wrong, and I was wrong. Dutch has done a beautiful job with that program and deserves all the credit in the world. But when you look at San Diego State, basketball for, I mean, if not for 20 years, at least 18 or 19 years, we knew the succession plan. We knew it was Fish. We knew it was Dutch. God damn, Dave, if Dutch leaves, who's next? That's interesting. Fran Frischella? <laughs> hey, I'll tell you a guy I know. He runs a he runs a I'll two. put his name in the hat. Always well, does. hey, nobody has reached it. J.D. Wicker has not reached out to me, but I tell you, I got some pretty good references. John Olive, thank you. <laughs> um, I just think, man, like, as thrilled as I would be for Brian Dutcher, as exciting as that is, as a casual Gophers fan, man, watching the stadium be torn down and then knowing that the Fisher-Dutcher era 
would be over in San Diego would be a real, real drag because we all remember what that program was when Steve came here from the assistant coach with the Sacramento Kings, and they they brought it to life. Yeah. And I, I tell you, Dave, that would be – that's a huge blow to this town. But uh, but I'm, I'm thrilled for Brian if he takes it, which I think – I didn't hear the press conference – but family means a lot. And going back there, shit, Richard Patino was embarrassingly bad. So it's not like you have huge shoes to fill. Yeah. Dan Munson sucked and every other coach they've had in between. They haven't had anybody good since Clem Haskins. And Clem, unfortunately, was involved in a bunch of different scandals. But that was at least a Final Four team. They haven't had anybody. Yeah. So if Dutch was able to recruit to San Diego State, and I get it, it's Vieja Serena and the Jam Center. Man, they got a ton of money in that Gophers program. And if you could do it, I think he'd kill it there. That'd be something else. Man, I tell you what, I always say always do what's best for you. And if that's what's best for him and his family, good luck to him. And and that and credit to uh John Schaefer and, and Rich Ornberger, because I've teased that show. Those guys, Dave, said the exact same thing tonight. And that's exactly what John Schaefer said. And credit to John. He goes, if Brian Dutcher takes this job, nobody can say anything because anytime any of us have had to make a decision, you ultimately do what's right for your family. Yeah. But I just was like, when, I, I mean, Dan Williams sent me a message and said, didn't you guys talk about that? Yeah, we talked about it. And I kind of thought it could happen. But when you see it, you go, yeah, Brian Dutcher's probably number one with, Eric Musselman and uh, the guy who coached at Michigan and then went to the Cavs, John Beelan? Yeah, that's not a bad one either. But he had kind of a weird ending in he Cleveland. He had a weird ending in Cleveland because it's a big difference when you're coaching young men and coaching adults. Yeah. And, and also that, when everyone's making more money than you when you're that coach. Right. But he kind of could be in the mix. But Boy, that's not a bad hire either. I mean, he dominated in that conference. Yeah. But, dude, Yeah. but Dutch are going home and – Having it there, his dad's really well-liked and respected. Yeah. Pretty cool story, but I just start looking. John Beeline, the guy you go get here? Boy, if he, in a second. In a second. Yeah, I would. I mean, fuck, the guy's proven he can win in college. How old is that guy? He looks like Harry Morgan oh in MASH. God. I think people in Santa might hate that guy, you know? Yeah. He looks like he's just always fucking pissed, dude. <laughs> Doesn't he? Hey, John. Coach here. <laughs> Coach here. <laughs> tell me about your rotation. You got to hold on. You got you got to tell this story about. Uh, by the way, John Beeline's sixty eight years old. Sixty eight. Yeah, sixty eight years old. You got to tell the story about Coach when he was doing the coaches show, and he was confused when the callers would call in. Oh shit, dude! It was the all time best. Where were they? Ten ninety? Is that when the Aztec games were on ten ninety? And uh, it was Coach and Fisher. Yeah. And people would call in, hey, coach, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, thank you very much. Uh, John, I meant that for Steve, but it's nice to talk to you as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I tell you what, Ziegler and his twerp friend, Grainy, I don't like how they constantly refer to him as John. <laughs> they completely dismiss his time at Texas Tech. Not fair. Hey, Branson, do me a favor. If anybody here says John, just drop that out, okay? And just plug in that universal Siri voice saying, Coach, 
Just plug dad in. It's so dumb, dude. It's so fucking dumb. <laughs> Coach, what a pleasure it is to talk to you. Well, thank you very much. I was meaning Coach Fisher, but it's nice to talk to you too, John. Well, thank you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> the dumbest thing of all time. That guy's got a thousand of them. <laughs> oh, man. All right, look, hey, I want to mention Dan Williams. Dan Williams, again, is the guy you need to talk to right now when you talk about finances. I tell you what, usually the stock market's a place you put your money and you're really excited. The stock market hasn't been great over the last two weeks. Look, this year, it's a, it's a lot different. We all know people are trying to come back from COVID. You've got to figure out exactly how did the, the COVID... 19 end up hurting you in 2020 and how you can recover in 2021. Right now, the guy you need to call is Dan Williams. Again, Dan Williams on Tuesday. You'll get a chance to check his YouTube. Borrow Smart Two Minute Tuesday. Dan Williams has it for you. He can help you get out of debt and also help you get out of the rental market and find your first home. Make sure you call Dan Williams, 858 688 6813. 858 688 6813. So I told you I was lucky enough the last couple of days to get my kids and I in as LA Kings season ticket holders. And the other thing is, just a heads up, two weeks from tonight, we're off that week. It's because my sons are on spring break and we're cutting out of town for the week. It's family first around here. The second week, they're gone in Sedona with their mom, so we'll do a couple of bonus shows that week. We'll get you caught up. But the way I'm able to do that is because I learned from Dan's philosophy of borrow smart, repay smart. And there is nothing better than having the financial flexibility to do things like, hey, I can go in on King's season tickets, the payment plan. And Dave, I made the first payment today, and it didn't empty my bank account. You go, great. The first payment, the down payment, is always the biggest number. And you go, yeah, I still have the opportunity to do that. I have the opportunity to take my kids out of town for a couple of days in two weeks. And it's not going to empty the bank account. It's not going to turn me upside down. Those are the kind of things that are so, so important. And then ultimately, building that financial flexibility so that later this year, when the housing market kind of levels off and gets its where squared away, my financial situation is also squared away and matches up to help me make the right decision like we feel like we've talked about a lot tonight for me and for my family. But if you're not there, boy, the guy who can help you get there fastest is Dan. Dave mentioned it. His YouTube video tomorrow, and then give him a call, 858-688-6813. Also, when you're ready to buy that perfect home or if you're in the market right now to sell your home, Brian Curry is the guy. Again, he's the best real estate person in San Diego that we know more than 20 years than business. Look, Brian knows the neighborhoods, and at the same time, he'll get you the most for your house. If that's the way you're going right now, looking to sell, Brian's your guy, 619-251-1588, 619-251-1588. I tell you what, boy, you talk about an idiot who has seen the light. It's absolutely me. How many times did I come on this stupid show and tell my little dumb joke about Imperial Beach? About three years worth. (laughs) Imperial Beach sucks. (laughs) Goddamn. Yesterday, we're in Coronado. We're spending the day, and we take a little drive down the Strand. We head over into IB, and we go down Seacoast. I think that's the main street. Fuck, I'm, we're on it all the time, but I still don't know what the goddamn street's name is. But it takes you right down by the IB Forum. And uh, my one son goes, you know, Dad, we never keep driving south on this street. Let's just keep driving south and see where it takes us. I go, shit, yeah, it's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Beautiful day. And we drive down, 
And it's nothing, Dave, but condos and cool little apartments and all these places. There's got to be 50 of them. And we realize there's no traffic on that street at all. Try that in PB on a Sunday afternoon. And all of a sudden behind you, you're just on the beach. Now, I'm not saying you go out there and drink that water, right? You still got, I mean, we're not idiots. We know you're fighting some challenges down there, but the good people of IB. But let me ask you this. What the hell was that show that had Alan Thicke and that fucking weirdo Kirk Cameron in it? Grown Paints. Grown Paints. <laughs> who was the mom on that show? You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, it was Sandra something. No. What was her real name? What was her, her stage name? Like her... her Maggie? Yeah. Maggie who, Seaver? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Dave, I don't even care what her real name is. All I'm telling you is I'm driving down Seacoast. I didn't see one. I saw two coming out of different buildings. They look goddamn just like Maggie Seavers. And they got, I said, what the fuck is going on down here at IB? How could I have been so blind? You got nothing but a couple of hot chicks living right there just hanging out. Grabbing a couple of bottles of champagne out of the back of the car, I go, God damn, they're throwing a party I haven't even checked into. Well, that's gonna change. <laughs> Brian Curry and I, I've talked about it. I sure as fuck ain't going to City Heights and I'm not going to Spring Valley. But you know what, IB, I appreciate you accepting my apology. And I could see myself just living down there. Date those girls like a guy who can fire up the grill. I'm gonna fire up the grill and invite Maggie Seavers over. <laughs> After they've been living a life with that lightweight Alan Thicke, may he rest in peace, they're going to say, that's the guy I want to hang out with. <laughs> Shit, the guy's going to make it happen for me is the one and only BC. <laughs> Jeff, we're right here by North Island. Know the area well, but he used to fly choppers here. We'll take it right down into Ivy. Going down low. Let's see if Megan's in. Uh, sh- over. That's what we're going to do, baby. Let me bring that chopper and close a few deals. Wink, wink. All right, I just looked it up. Joanna Kearns. Yes. Was the actress. How old do you think she is? Uh, let's say she's say she's sixty. Sixty-eight. No yeah. kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. The show was on like thirty years ago. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, you know what they said, Dave? You know, Coach, how hey, she's a looker. <laughs> Dude, Leonardo DiCaprio was on that yes. show. Remember that? Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> I just saw these two walk out. I'm like, God damn, that looks like Maggie. I didn't know her name. I'm like, that looks like that lady from that show, Maggie Seavers. <laughs> I'm all in. I may hate it in July when it stinks like the Tijuana <laughs> River, but for right now, it was pretty good living over there. Uh, Taylor made pools. Is he need a call to get that perfect pool? Man, it, it got cold today. Man, oh. but that was strange. Last week, we had such great weather. Again, the weather is always great in San Diego. You're going to want that pool. I told you, I have five friends right now currently getting brand new pools. Send me pictures every day. Man, I'm jealous. Taylor made pools is the way to go. More than 20 years in San Diego. Alan Taylor's been doing it right. Give him a call. 619-449-4452. 619-449-4452. We always talk about the people that need the brand new pool, but how many of you maybe bought a house and they had that pool from 1968 back there? Thinking John Neighbor was going to come by and give everybody in the neighborhood a couple of laps on how to do that spin kick. Well, it's not going to fucking happen. And if you look at that pool and you go, holy shit, 
thing looks like it's out of the Thunderbird Motel in downtown Fargo, North Dakota. Well, hey, life's not over. Give Alan Taylor a call and pump a little life into that pool. You deserve it. You work hard from home every day trying to stay active and trying to stay involved in those Zoom meetings. Shit, man. Go to our website, DaveAndJeffShow.com. Take a look at the sponsor page. Dave, is there anything more disappointing than when you go to a friend's house and like, hey, come on back. We're going to barbecue by the pool. We'll hang out. You go, you look forward to it all day. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Going to have a couple of cold beers, barbecue, hang out in the pool, and then you get back there in that pool. You're like, what the fuck Looks is like this? a day's in. Yeah. <laughs> like it was in the movie Christine. Like, isn't this the fucking pool? Did that car chase the kid into? Yeah, he drowned in the bottom, but I got a good deal on it. Ah, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, don't put up with that shit. You want people to walk away going, hey, fun party. What was with that pool? You want people to go, God damn, what about that pool? If they're not doing that, you can save the day, dipshit. Call Taylor May Pool <laughs> tell him Dave and Jeff sent you. Look, if you're looking to build a website right now, Kyle Fluger's your guy. Listen to this. I talked to a guy today. No okay. joke. Went in, spent some money on a website, okay? okay? And his business has gone from basically a guy that wasn't making any money, got the right website. Yeah. Jeff, he's making 200000 a year. How I mean, 200000 a month. I apologize. How are we not working for him? How about that shit? And it all started with the website. No it, was, it, was, it was that important. The right website completely changed his life. Well, that's what we need to do with DaveAndJeffShow.com. <laughs> I mean, we have to start posting stepmom videos on there? Dude, those work. A lot of hits. All right. Well, let's do that. Because okay. I like that. Shit, Dave. I like you so much. If we're making 200 grand a month, you keep 75 just because you're doing a hell of a job there, kid. And <laughs> we'll make oh, this you're work. Best. You're welcome. Jesus. Jesus. Dude. <laughs> I'll make it 73 if you keep shooting your mouth off. <laughs> you, better, you better quit while you're ahead. Oh, Dude, my God. What's gosh. Fluger doing over there? I'm just saying, that's how easy it is, though. The website is everything. Kyle Fluger's the guy you got to get on his calendar. Make sure you give Kyle a call. Kyle's really busy right now because you, so many people have followed what's going on with Kyle. Again, 619-500-6621, 619-500-6621. By what? the way, go ahead. I was just going to say, if we just turn that website of ours, like nobody's listening to any fucking show we did in May, right? Maybe they are. But for those five people, go find it on Spotify. What if we just turned that thing completely into just some porn site, right? Pornhub. Like, just everything. And now we're just sitting back. Hey, that's 20, 40. Hey, here's 20 for you, kid. Get out of my face. <laughs> Get out of my face. <laughs> Dude, what's the first thing? We count bills, right? We, we talked to Dan Williams about opening an offshore account. And then uh, we just change our numbers. that's it we call all those guys we go to dan is this legal then we call uh uh curry find me the best house you can find me in el centro then i called alan taylor do you come out to el centro you don't hang on i'll call you right back call curry scratch that find me the best house you can find me in ib right hey taylor can i get you over to ib i can great we're just hanging out. Dude, all right. This is what I was going to say. Some asshole on Twitter pissed me off. He said, I I stopped listening to the show. Did you catch this at all? I stopped no. listening. I unsubscribed to Dave and Jeff because 
fucking Palais wouldn't stop talking Dodgers, and I couldn't take enough of it. And I was like, <laughs> it's been that show for three years. And I said, bullshit, dude. Like, if you listen to the show, all we talk is pods. I never right. talk Dodgers. I go, you're a, you're a fucking liar. And then, and I'm I'm kind of hot. Like, what are you going to come back with, you dick? Yeah. And he comes back with. I do listen to that show. Matter of fact, I bought a brand new swimming pool from your sponsor, oh, Alan Taylor. Oh, you shut your mouth. I did it. I couldn't respond. You completely shut me up. So I was like, well, fuck. If you gave Alan money, I can't fucking say shit. But I was like, dude. You sent him an air hug. Say, I'm you, sorry. I, over, oh, I you, overacted. You son of a bitch. Oh, it pissed me off. I was like, it's motherfucker, dude. God Look at this fucking guy. He waited. He waited. <laughs> he stuck it to me. And they dropped the hammer. He sure did. He stuck it to me. All right, here we go. March 8th. How old are they and how much are they worth? We're okay. going Freddie Prince Jr. God damn, how old is this kid? I'm going to say he's, say he's 48. 45, but he looks old as shit. Like, I he thought has an he age was well. alive when his dad died. Well, he, well, he would have had to have been yeah, born. Yeah, just born or wait, baby. Or, or was maybe his mom pregnant? Maybe that was the story. His mom was pregnant, and I mean, he was young. Seems like a likable dude. Yeah, he's on. Uh, he hosts sports radio once in a yeah. while. He fills in on ESPN seven ten. I'll say. Uh, I'll say ten million. Thirty million dollars. No kidding. Thirty million dollars. Good Fuck. for him. Can you believe that? All right, James Vanderbeek. That guy. I can't shake the fact that every time I see him, he's crying on Twitter. Uh, Vanderbeek. I'll say he's uh, forty five. Forty four. I'm gonna say he's worth uh, 1.1 million. <laughs> Dude, that's what I would have guessed. Eight million dollars. Ah, says. good for him. Eight million. He deserves that for that crying thing. You just mentioned uh, Kenny the Jet Smith. Kenny Smith. It's his birthday today. Kenny Smith. Uh, 57. 56. You're right there. Shit. Uh, 30 million. 20 million dollars. All right, that's good. Mickey Dolans. Mickey Dolans. What a talent. I'm going to say Mickey Dolenz is, let's say he's, let's say he's 77. Dude, you're off by a year on every cat. It's so 76. 76. I'm going to say he's worth, uh, because he didn't. they didn't write any of those songs. Uh, More money than you think, I'll say that. I'll say 15 million. Exactly right. Wow, good for him. I always like that guy. You used to have a smoking hot daughter. Do you remember that? She was like in teenage movies and shit when we were teenagers. Oh, okay. All right, Lester Holt, last one. Lester. Had a little bit of a speech impediment, but he sure seems likable. I'm going to say Lester's 70. 62. Oh, shit, Lester. Yeah. My bad. Uh, I think he makes some money because he got paid well because he came in to clean up the mess after Brian Williams. I'm going to say he's worth $35 million. Exactly right. No kidding. Get the last All right, two. well, I goddamn killed him on his age. All right, here we go. I only got four questions for you. Okay. I've been watching a lot of Sopranos. I told him I'm trying to finish up the season. Okay. Would you sell your brother out to the cops, or would you spend five years in jail? Oh, I'd sell my brother out. (laughs) I mean, that'd be the easiest thing to do. I No way. Dave, I fucking almost died in quarantine for 12 days. Fuck am I going to do in jail? (laughs) Be like Epstein. Sell your brother right out. Oh, yeah, no problem. If you were manager of the San Diego Padres in 2021, do you think you could get them 80 wins? Do I think I could get them 80 wins? Oh, so that would be this year. Yeah. So weird to think this year's 21, <laughs> right? I was thinking, no, I liked it because I thought it was next year when I'd have Clevenger back too. Yeah, I think so. I think I could get to 80 wins. I think you could too. Because I think, Dave, what I'd have to learn 
is to not outthink myself, which I think you get it because you coach baseball. Play the hits. How many times is it difficult for you to just not outthink yourself? And plus, if I got three guys down the hall, those three dorks making all the calls. But I just think as a baseball guy, uh, but I love when you hear stories from guys that have gone in there, and, and I don't think it's Mark McGuire, so I don't want to say it to the yeah. wrong person, but it could have been. Somebody that went in and they said it's absolutely crazy how fast the game moves it when does. you're in the dugout compared to how fast it moves when you're in the season. I was Dude, I was just had this conversation with, uh, with Julian Escobedo, who's yeah. with the Indians. And, I, and we were we, literally sitting right where you are the other night. We're watching one of these spring training games. Yeah. And I have a stopwatch out. And I said, the game moves slow Is to he the not person. in Arizona He's right going now? in a month. He leaves. He, he goes April 1st. Oh, okay. So he, he, we're sitting there and we're, we're watching one of these games. And I go, a lot of people don't like baseball because it said it moves slow. I go, what are you talking about? And I pulled out a stopwatch. Yeah. And I said, how often do you think the pitcher's throwing a ball? I go, this guy's throwing once every 37 seconds. Yeah. And I go, when do you think the last time the ball's been put in play? It was like four and a half minutes ago. Crazy, right? And, I, and he goes, dude, when you're in the dugout and on the field, it is moving so fucking fast. Yeah. And I was saying, that's exactly right. Once right. you're in the dugout, it is moving crazy fast. But for fans like my wife, who's really casual baseball fan, like she doesn't yeah. give a shit, um, she hates the game. It's boring to her unless her kids are playing. Yeah. And then it, when you're playing the game or managing, especially because you're always trying to think ahead. Right. It's like, holy shit, man. It, it's going super fast. I remember Boach used to say that to us all the time. It's yeah. going crazy fast. Well, and again, just the thing, Dave, you got guys right here. We're watching the game. Angels are up 9-7. It's a spring training game, but it's bottom of the sixth, one out, 3-2. You got guys on first and second, right? Yeah. When am I moving, guys? When are guys moving, right? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Every pitch, they're looking to you. Yeah. Aren't they? Oh, yeah. Well, for me, they do at the high school level. Yeah. And it's And remember, I used to ask Boach, how often are you calling a pitch? He goes, well, I have faith in my catchers, but if there's something I want, I, he goes, I call the pitch. Yeah. And so, uh, but for in high school, I call everything. I call yeah. offense. I call defense. I call pitching. Yeah. You know, the the whole deal. It's, it is uh, one of those things because you don't want to let the, the kids down because, right. you know, you're saying this, I always use the word capable. If mm-hmm. you weren't capable of it, I wouldn't be expecting I, you to do it. So, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, but at the same time, it is one of those things where this game does does move fast. There's a lot of great things about, you know, baseball that we all know because whether you played or not, you played some form of it on the playground. You played kickball, yeah. which is a, a form of running the bases and getting guys out and everyone kind of has an idea how the game's played. I I love thinking about it because I think the challenge for all of us would be I I don't think I think I'd be fine managing the egos. Yeah. I think I could do that because I think I could talk to everybody and just remind them how valuable they are and how great it is to have them on the team. But I really don't know, Dave, how great a job I do managing that bullpen. And that's oh, such that's a key. Fuck, man, that might be the difference between me thinking I could win 80 and actually winning 53. <laughs> no, I think you could win 80. Yeah, I honestly think you being a ba- being a baseball guy to your knowledge, I think you because this is what you would do. Yeah, you'd go. How do you feel? You would yeah. know not to use a guy three days in a row. Yeah, of course. And you'd say, hey, if I got to go to you, you're good to go today. Yeah, I mean, it's that simple. communication. It's See, I, I would think communication's big uh, on our team. I like that. I think our team would be loose. Yeah, I think we could get the most. I can yell at guys when I need to. I don't have any problem doing that. But I think you'd have an appreciation for everybody. Yeah. 
And like I, there wouldn't be any jealousy from my part. I'd be like, fuck, this is great having you there. So, but I'm also not going to listen to any shit. (laughs) You know what? Today is kind of funny. When you walked in here, I was so fucking tired. I was, Mm -hmm. I was, I was. That's why you were ready to apologize. (laughs) I was on a field since 1.30 this afternoon and I walked right in here. But yeah, I don't mind doing it when it's great. You're going in the right direction. So like our first game is March 23rd. Remember, our kids Whoa. haven't played since March 11th or something, or 12th, yeah. whenever the fuck that was. And so some of these kids just haven't had a chance to be back around their friends, see each other in person. How nice. How nice. That's and great. So, but my first game is against Cathedral, the number one team in <laughs> yeah. San Diego. They're the Costas. number one team. Yeah, it's Costa's team. It's the number one team. We have to face them twice in the first seven days. Oh, boy. And I'm like, okay, I start looking at Cathedral yesterday. And I'm going, well, we're either going to face a kid that's either going to Stanford or Arizona State. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, there's some talent. And then we had the shittiest practice today that I've ever been a part of. And I got so mad. And then I just felt bad that, you know, I was upset with them. And oh. they knew I was upset. And I said to Josh, I go, was I, was I a dick today? Because everything you said had to be said. Yeah. But I just at the same time, I'm like, fuck, that's not what you said a second ago is what I try and do. Try and keep them loose. Try and keep them uh, involved in the game, and I was just like everybody, Every now off, and then. everybody off the fucking field. I was like, I yeah. didn't say it like that, but I was like, hey, get off the field. Someone uh, else going. Next man up. Let's go. Yeah. Well, it's funny, Dave. Now it's a spring training game, and and we're laughing, but in this game right here, this would be the game where I would just fucking kick over the David Sunflower seeds <laughs> because the Angels are up nine seven with two outs, and they had guys on first and second or or whatever it was. And uh, the fucking guy in center field completely misplays it. And yeah. now it's a 10-9 game with two outs. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. I know my pitcher is going to lose his fucking mind, even <laughs> a spring training game, because the center fielder looked like he'd never had a glove on in his life. And that's where you go, all right, this is how we got to fucking yeah. figure that. I, I don't want to say, hey, it happens. It's a high sky. What the fuck are you looking at out there? What the fuck were you doing? Like, holy shit, did you forget you were playing center field? You know what the rule I have is the rule that no one's ever allowed to say my bad. Uh, exactly. Do you remember Bobby Knight? He yeah. said, stop saying my bad. All of us know you already fucked this up. Yes. Don't bring more attention to it. That was my biggest axe to grind with Bobby Ross. You always say, I loved Bobby. He was great. But I found it so full of shit. When he, I apologized to the fans. I just thought that was the most patronized. Save it. No, no. get you a pass. Save it, okay? And everybody here in this man, sheep following. T- Boy, that's really, that's a, hey, I tell you what. That's a guy with credibility. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. And, and I say that as a guy who genuinely liked him and talked to him a lot. Yeah. I just found like, don't fucking apologize to the fans. Don't patronize us. Save it. <laughs> and that'd be the thing. As soon as that guy rolls off the field, hey, coach, can I have a minute? I want to skip. Can I have a minute? I want to pause. Sit the fuck down. You're not saying shit. You'll fuck that up like you just fucked up that ball. But if you tell him that and the rest of the team. Yeah. I have a guy on my team, right? I have three guys on my team. Next week, it'll, it'll go up to five. So the other day, I call little team chat. And I go, hey, you paying attention? He goes, yeah. I go, the fuck you are. Now, the other two guys start laughing. <laughs> he starts laughing. Then everybody's just loose. You have fun. Yeah. But there's no fucking way he was paying attention. So you can't be like, oh, thanks. And you're like, Shh, no, you're not. Fuck off. 
And then my other two guys start laughing because they knew I was right. But, yeah, oh, I would, even in a spring training game, that guy misplays his game, that ball, and, and you go, dude, that's why you're going to have fun in, in goddamn Albuquerque because <laughs> we're not going to see you again. All right, two more for you. At okay. what age do you have the sex talk with your sons? Uh, I'm actually not going to have to have that Thank with God. my sons. That talk is going to be handled. Has it not happened yet? Well, she's been in New York City. But the great thing is, <laughs> um, no, their mom has done an amazing job. They live with their mom, and she is just, she's outstanding. But at some point, uh, they're going to have the conversation, which I think is incredible, with Lisa Ann. Because she said to me, she goes, I'm going to tell them that what is shown on the internet is not what's real life and is somebody that cares about you guys. Uh, I want you to hear it directly from me. And and their mom and I were like, and she goes, you and Vita can be right there. But she goes, I care about those guys a lot. And she goes, Holy shit. I go, fuck, all right. Okay, do you think they look at her and go, we already know. Like, we, we've seen the I have not, Don't ruin the movies for us. I have not asked. Um, they're going to be in high school in a few months. You gotta have, You better call her soon. Yeah, no, I know. She's so great. So we, <laughs> it's weird, right? Like, Oh, it's horrible. You think it's an easy conversation. It's not. No, but I'm saying it's weird that we're friends with her. Because oh, it's very it, strange. Because we're just getting to the point now where you don't say it a lot. Like, it was fun for a while, and then people just look at And they don't understand how cool she is and the things she did yeah. for charity with us. What a bunch of different things that have happened and and important shit, right? Whether it was Erica or Jake or or anything in between. And so you just don't, you don't say anything. But a buddy of mine said to me the other day, it was about two weeks ago, hey, man, is she really that cool? And I go... Dude, I, I, I can't even tell people, right? You you know it, and if you're lucky enough to be cool with her, she's as great as it gets. Yeah. And uh, he goes, wow. And so I texted her, and I said, hey, I'm buying this kid a book because friends support friends. I go, I'm buying a book. And I go, I just want you to know that when it comes through, he's a real good buddy of mine. You'll see that I bought it. Here's his name, the whole thing. And so I, I don't know for sure, but the the envelope arrived the other day. And, you know, if anybody bought her book, she sends you a signed picture. It, he was so fired up. It was so cool. And her book's 20 bucks. And now she's doing the audio book and the podcast and everything else. But it is kind of a drag that, that you just go because people have preconceived notions or whatever. But you can't you can't talk about her the way you can talk about... Katie Temple or Jenny Kavnar, who was great today on MLB Network. It. I hope everybody saw it. Julie Brownman or any of the others. Barbara Lee, by the way, who we have not talked about, but is on the road to recovery after having a brain bleed the night before Christmas Eve and has been in the hospital. Kathleen Bade, who's the greatest, right? I mean, I get it. It's all different. But today on International Women's Day, and for all the women that have supported this stupid show for 25 years, thank you so much. We don't deserve the love you've given us, but we're not giving it back. She's one of them. Yeah. And and I know a lot of you have been great and supported her and bought the book and everything else. It's just, uh, 
it, you just go, all right, she doesn't give a shit. She's like, yeah, it is what it is. But no, she's very, very cool. No, she's great. All right, here it goes. Funny the names you just brought up because they're part of the next question. Fuck, Mary kill. Barbara Lee, Kathleen Bade, Lauren Finney. Uh, Lauren Finney's dead. Oh, you son of a bitch. You're a son of a bitch. Don't fucking ask the okay, question, well, Dave, what? if you don't want the answer. Okay, well, you're discussing it when you name who you're going to bang and sleep with next. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Uh, one has a brain bleed and the other one's like family. I know. I love Barbara Lee. Barbara Lee is the coolest. Barbara Lee is so goddamn cool. I'm going to uh, I'm going to refrain from using <laughs> Those the words profane are, word. You son of a bitch. Because I'm better than that. No, you are not. I'm a Mary Kathleen Bade. Okay. Her husband Jeff's like, oh really? <laughs> well, I'm not going to kill her. Or the other one, I just get outside. I just get socked right in the eye. Hey, God damn it, that hurt. And uh, Barbara Lee will get the third choice. Dude, What's your three? Hold on a second. Let's you don't get off that air easy. Let's 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 review this. All right, Lauren Finney's gone. Yep. Kathleen Bain, you're marrying. Yeah. And the girl that has a brain bleed, you're gonna sleep with, and then never call her again. That's not true. You son of a bitch. I'm a king you're... season ticket holder. I'll take her to a Canucks game. Oh, winner. She loves the Canucks. That's Do some great. homework. What's God. your three? <laughs> Who are you killing? I don't know how you get off so so easy of of doing a one-night stand with a girl with a brain bleed and never calling her again. I, don't I care just you, said. You take her Canucks game, I never call you again? Yeah. Get her a, get her a Brock Besser jersey. Parting gift. Derek Jeter said that's the way to do it. How, how are you breaking those three down? <sighs> that's a tough one. Kathleen Bates gone. You asshole. <laughs> I can't believe you. She's gone. There's no way Kathleen Bates gone. Barbara Lee is uh she, she gets the one night stand. And I'm marrying Lauren Finney. That's great. Her husband's gonna beat you up too. <laughs> Dude, she at least supports me on social media. These other two girls hit or miss. You gotta you, listen. I can't believe you're not gonna call Barbara Lee after fucking everything she's gone through. Yeah. <laughs> I just said I'm taking her to a Canucks game And then you're never going to call her again You're going to fucking get rid of her number and your phone Look, you're going to have the best time with Lauren Finney When she gets home every night Do you want to know Dude, what? you know how great she'll love me after being with Paul? I was just going to say Paul Rudy all fucking day Do you know what Mark Mathis said today? He's just going to be like, oh my god, hang on What did I do with that ball-peen hammer? I'm going to be drilling myself right in the Fucking head. Tell me what Mark did. You're just going to be hitting yourself in the face. <laughs> maybe I'm going to marry Barbara Lee. Okay. Because Barbara that, that, that would show some class. All right. Maybe I'll marry Barbara Lee because she's going to come home and she's going to have Chiquetto stories. Right? Carlos, fantastic. Yes. All right, I don't mind. Yeah, you know what? Barbara Lee's a hockey fan. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Kathleen's just as cool as it gets, though. But that's okay. All right, I'll take Barbara Lee because I'm classy. Yes, we'll be king season the, ticket that holders. That probably was the right move. All right. I see the errors in my way. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> do you want to know what Dave Scott had on World of Wonder? You're just going to be like, hang on a second. I'm going to go put my face in this open fire. <laughs> She's not going to do that. She's going to go... Can you believe I work with these assholes? Just I couldn't believe they couldn't get any dumber. 
Fuck. Fuck. If I hear one more Paul Rudy Wisconsin story. Jesus Christ. Fucking guy. <laughs> Dude, I'd never see that show. How's Rudy doing? Dude, I'm sure he's good. Fuck, he's good. He's another guy. I got on my phone. I scroll through. He's right there. Uh, Rudy's a good dude. Dude, he's a great guy. He oh is God. great. And people fuck with him all the time. Because he, he makes it that way. He's easy. Uh, he's a cool fucking kid. Yeah, man. he gets it. He understands it. All right, fuck. We're back on Wednesday. All right, we'll see you then, <laughs> assholes. <laughs> So let